0: Welcome to another episode of Whatever We're Calling This, the podcast of comparative literature and cultural studies at the University of Arkansas. Today, we invited Gracie Bain to talk about her dissertation and podcast. She's a PhD candidate in English at the University of Arkansas.
1: Okay, hello, Gracie
2: how's it going
1: good really good glad to have you here
2: me too i'm glad to be here
1: so let's just start just tell me something about yourself like how did you get here where you are
2: oh gosh um how did i that's a good question uh, i did my master's program here um in the english department and just decided to stay for the phd um so i've been at the university of arkansas I think that this will be my sixth year um, as a graduate student, and uh, I don't know, a lot of, yeah, I think I a lot of really lucky things happened for me to be able to be here, but, um, but yeah, so I'm, a, I'm currently a fourth-year PhD candidate um, in the English department, and so right now I'm out of classes, and I'm just writing my dissertation.
1: That is really good. So just you survive the pandemic here in Fayetteville, Arkansas?
2: Um, yes, I don't know. So I didn't thrive, but I survived. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
1: That is good. Uh, I'm glad to hear that, Liz. Uh, I'm gonna go for another question. I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna ask you about what, what, what is your dissertation about? Uh, what is, what is important?
2: Oh, gosh, okay, that's, these are all really good questions that I should have thought about before. Um, so my dissertation is about uh, fictional adaptations of Jack the Ripper, um, which, you know, some people know about Jack the Ripper, some people don't, but just in case your audience doesn't, um, Jack the Ripper was a serial killer in 1888, um, that killed five women in the, one of the poor parts of London. Um, And the five women were all sex, or were all thought to be sex workers at the time. Um, There's some debate about that today. But basically, what I do is I read and I watch and I listen to things that have um, fictionalized that story. Uh, It's an especially good place for adaptation because no one ever caught the murderer. Um, So this kind of Jack the Ripper moniker—it's just this catch-all for a lot of things. Um, And so I look at those adaptations, and then I look at the intersections of gender with those as well. Um, So it's sometimes it's, I mean, most of the time it's pretty depressing, because a lot of it's like very violent, because it was a violent crime, but it is very interesting. Um, And I think that it's important because uh, Jack the Ripper is kind of this figure that keeps getting adapted, even though it was this terrible thing that happened. Um, and most people have certain images when you say Jack the Ripper that they think of. Uh, so I think it's important, but I also think it's relevant to people outside of academia, which is part of the reason why I'm doing it in podcast format.
1: Okay. So you are? Are you the input that you're taking, like besides your reading? Is it like podcasts, What you are listening to?
2: Yes. So I um, I'm reading. There's some podcasts. Uh, there's a lot of films. So I've, I've had to learn a lot about like film theory, which is something that I had never really done before. Um, just because, I mean, it's interesting because I started out very much uh, a Victorianist and doing kind of, you know, Dickens and the Brontes and, and all of those kind of canonical authors that um, that everyone thinks about when they think about the Victorian period. Um, and so, through this process of doing something more contemporary, um, I've had to, yeah, learn how to be a lot more interdisciplinary than I, when I originally started, that I thought I would be. So.
1: Okay, so let's just take a second to think about your dissertation. It's going to be in a podcast format, which I don't think we should take that for granted. And I'm just going to ask you like, why Why is it, it going to be on that format? Oh, what is the justification of the medium
2: for that? Sure. Um, so I think there's a couple reasons, at least in my mind, to do kind of a non-traditional dissertation. Um, whether that's something like a podcast or, uh, I've also seen some people have done things like creating websites and incorporated that into kind of the written manuscript. Um, so essentially what my dissertation is going to be, uh, are, I mean, honestly, the episodes amount will probably change, um, cause I'm still writing the scripts and I've, I've recorded a couple of things, but tweaking it and things like that. Um, So my dissertation itself is going to be those audio recordings of like 10 or however many episodes, Um, and then what I'll turn into the graduate school will be the written scripts, Um, and those scripts will be a couple hundred pages, so it's still the length of a typical dissertation manuscript, Um, I'm just adding on editing recording which I mean y'all do a podcast so you know how much longer that actually takes um so that's what like the actual the format is going to look like the reason that I'm doing it like I said is for a couple reasons um I think the most important one to me is that um traditional academia needs to kind of catch up with the rest of the world um I think that what we talk about in our own studies is important to people outside of academia. Um, I saw this, saw the statistic one time and it said an average of 1.6 people read a PhD dissertation, including the author, which is like, oh, just like gut-wrenching. But also, it also makes sense, right, because I, like who would sit down and read a 300 page phd i don't you know people don't really read them after they've written them um and so i saw that statistic and i was like man that's super depressing um especially considering that what we study and um, particularly in the humanities has an impact on our community that we live in um and how are we going to reach that community it's probably not through a 300 400-page manuscript that's only available through a paywall. Um, mm-hmm. It's through something public like a podcast. Um, and uh, so that is the main reason. And I also, I think that podcasts are are more equitable um, and that's important to me. Uh, and also, yeah, also there it's it's fun to do. To be honest, sometimes I think about that it would have been easier to do a traditional manuscript, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then I, but then I get excited because this is a new thing that people are doing. But I think, yeah, I think that the humanity, the humanities, and academia needs to catch up with the rest of the world. And part of the way to do that is to adapt the forms of scholarship that we do. Um, and I think it's important for us to reach people outside of our um, ivory tower kind of thing.
0: Oh, Gracie, I was there just listening uh, uh, your dissertation and your project. And as a person who likes technology, I was curious, which software are you using for your podcast? Where, where, where do you want to, to publish the episodes? How, how many episodes are you going to have?
2: Yeah, that's, that is a good question. So right now I'm using Audacity, um, mainly because it's free. And that's the first one that i found and so i am sticking with it um i know i know other people use adobe um and i think that we do get that we do get access to that through the university but i believe you have to be using a university computer which is not convenient right because like i do most of my editing at home not on, on campus um, so right now I'm using Audacity and I, I am liking that software so far. It's probably what I'll stick with because it is the most accessible to me right now. Um, I don't know how intuitive it is. I had to watch a lot of like YouTube videos about how to do it and I still don't feel entirely comfortable um, doing it. So I'm using Audacity right now there'll probably be 10 to 12 episodes that are all um, around either 30 minutes to 50 minutes length. Um, And essentially what I do is I write my 25 page script. um, And then I add in like the audio transitions and the clips from the films um, and things like that. So that's what it's looking like now. Honestly though, it's very quickly evolving and adapting. um, And uh, So yeah, but that's the the plan now. That's how I'm doing it as of now.
1: And even though it's scripted, like what is the language? Like do you have to make some changes there to kind of adapt to the audience that you are having in mind, the target audience or?
2: For sure, for sure. I think my ideal audience is a combination, which maybe I'm just hedging my bets, but you know, whatever. Um, My ideal audience is a combination of specialists people in academia, because people in academia are listening to podcasts, um, and uh, people that consume uh, Jack Thurper adaptations without maybe thinking about the implications of gender, without thinking about the implication of bodies and violence, and so when I'm writing the script, I am having to toe the line between academic discourse and non-academic discourse, and to be honest, That has been something that's been a struggle just in conversations that I've had um, with faculty at the university have been very worried about producing something as a dissertation that's not written in traditional academic discourse. Um, There's a way to do it, but I have absolutely had to adapt even just how you use secondary like scholars, right? Like like framing it a little bit differently. Um, What I like about the podcast format is it gives me more freedom to actually be a human being um, that has a has a everyday language that they use. And, and you know, my everyday language is not ag- academic. Um, and so that is something to think about though. And I think if you're going to do a non-traditional dissertation that involves a different kind of audience, that is a very explicit conversation that you need to have with your um, faculty mentor, faculty director, um, because that is something that you'll have to balance, but I do absolutely think that there's a way to do it.
0: So um, are you having to do this work twice? Like there is this, uh, this script that you're submitting and and there will be, a, I imagine, a lot more theory involved in that and then then doing the podcast. So is it like double the work? Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. it, it okay or it feels that way. Um, so I'm not writing a separate, I'm not writing a separate script to turn into the graduate program. They are getting my script that I'm recording, um, and publishing. So that's good. I'm not having to write something, record it, edit it, and then reproduce it on, you know, for a different audience. Um, that is very handy, but, what the process is, honestly, like just to, so for my, um, I recently, for one episode, so I, I um, wrote the 25 pages, and then um, talked to my dissertation director about it, went through several revisions, then I recorded the episode, then I sent the episode to my, some members of my committee, got feedback on that, had to re-record the episode, and re-edit it, um, so it, you know, and again, that's something that you have to think about is that this kind of format, it's not like I can go into a Google doc and change, change something. I have to, I have to do that, but I also have to re-record, re-edit it. And, um, you have to do that multiple times. And so it, just to be blatantly honest with you, it feels like more work. Um, but the good news is that I'm not having to rewrite the scripts for different audiences, if that makes sense.
1: That's a really good insight. I was wondering if uh, you could actually like make the changes. Like I was wondering if uh, I mean, I guess the your committee is uh, looking at the at your final product to give you the feedback on. Mm-hmm. Like could you kind of go back to the paper that you like the script that you're that you're written and and make changes there before doing the whole process again or? Other? <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's been, um, it's been a learning process for the first, basically what my committee told me was you need to have an example episode um, to kind of, you know, because there, I think there are people at this university where the idea of, and, and I don't think that this is, you know, necessarily the norm, but the idea of doing a non-traditional podcast makes, or a non-traditional dissertation makes people feel very uncomfortable Um, And that is something that you have to think about is that it is kind of a battle to do it, to even get the yes to do it. Uh, Thankfully, my dissertation director, um, Dr. Lisette Switkey is very like pro, like making yourself marketable and 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 adaptable and things like that. Um, And so because I've been the first one to do this at this university that I know of, um, a lot of it has been trial and error. So what I was doing before was was writing, revising, recording, revising, re-recording, re-editing it, and then moving on to the next episode, um, which takes a lot of time. What we've recently decided to do is I'm just gonna write all of the scripts and then I'm gonna record. Um, and so it's not like a, you know, having, to, hopefully that way when I have to revise, I won't have to revise multiple things at one time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it is a complicated process and it's something that like my director and I have had to figure out together because there's not like written rules on the university level of like what this is supposed to look like or the, what the process will look like.
0: Yeah, so um, Gracie, how open did you find your committee Uh, on uh, on employing collaboration? Like if somebody could help you with a recording or if someone else could voice the podcast or things like that?
2: Um, That's a good question. Honestly, so I, I am mostly the only voice in it. I am the, I think in order to justify doing this as a dissertation, I think the more that it just, it seems like you have to do all of it in order to be able to justify it. Um, like I, my voice is the only voice in there besides, I do have, uh, I have interviewed some of my friends and used their audio clips. Um, and then at some point I'm going to need my, they don't know this yet, but my partner, I'm going to have him read some, um, some scripts and, and have him on the podcast, uh, which again, he doesn't know that yet, but I'll tell him later. Um, But they've been very encouraging to use other people's people in that way. But I think if I were to be like, hey, can someone else edit this? I don't think that they'd let me do that. Or like, can someone else uh, voice the script for this particular episode? I don't think they'd let let me do that. If I continue this and the goal is to continue this podcast after I graduate, then all bets are off. and it be, could become bigger. But right now I am doing everything. Um, but yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I haven't ever asked them if someone else could do a part of it. Um, so I'm not sure of the answer. But the the vibe is that you need to do all of it if it's going to count as a dissertation.
0: Gracie, I have two comments. So in case that you need international voices, you can use our voices. Just <laughs> let us know and then uh, we can help you with some of the particular scenario. Uh, and the, the yes. second part, <laughs> just uh, w- without realizing also we're making history just by being able to record the first student on campus, which is amazing. So I uh, just want to uh, congratulate you and uh, keep fighting, keep battling. And then after you, I'm not sure that because some people have heard about your name, you're like there, you're, 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 you're moving around. Oh, have you heard about that student? She's doing something else. So people are getting motivated. They're just waiting to see how it's going on. Uh, so uh, congrats and
2: and, and and keep
0: doing that battle.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I really hope that, that people feel more freedom after this. Um, to be fair, it has to get done. So we'll see. Um, but I hope that... I hope that students are being encouraged graduate students to do something different and it's not even that different right like it's still it's just a different medium um, and so I'm glad to hear that other people are are uh, kind of cheering me on silently in the background um, that's good to know but yeah I hope that this kind of opens up possibilities for other students
1: It is, I mean, some people don't know your face, but they know Gracie Bain is doing it. Yeah, I mean, for real, in the comparative literature, like I I think some people are starting to think about like, oh, we can do something different. I'm kind of, oh, "Oh, we have to do something different. And I I have one more question for you. I was just wondering what other formats like besides podcasts are available. Uh, We took a class together with the Professor Bisset-Opetsudki, and see suffering in other class, even for graduates, uh, and probably uh, graduates at the masters and PhD level. So, what other formats do you think uh, we can implement, um, and why is the justification of that?
2: Mm-hmm. I think anything digital. Um, I think there's also, you know, if you're not comfortable completely doing a non-traditional dissertation, you can always do a kind of digital accompaniment. Um, and honestly, that makes you marketable in a lot of ways, right? Uh, to have something like a website, um, to have uh, something like a film. To be honest, I'm not super familiar with the other with the other things that you could do. But I know that I would start thinking digitally, um, obviously, right? Like what can you do uh, to, to reach a wider audience? And I do wanna, before we go, I do wanna say, for me, having a non-traditional pot, having a non-traditional dissertation, still makes you marketable to other academics. So I don't think that having a non-traditional dissertation excludes you from getting a tenure-track job. Um, I just think it opens you up to other things. Uh, and I would also, I would also say, if you're going to do a non-traditional dissertation, to make sure that you're publishing in traditional academic formats to be able to show that you can do both. Um, so. So I would, I would still kind of be participating in in that discourse in other ways. Um, But yeah, I think there's, uh, MLA has some stuff that they've written about non-traditional dissertations that you could start looking at. Um, I am fond of podcasts, but I think that there's a lot of stuff that you could do.
1: Thank you so much. I mean, for sure, we'll be looking forward to hear you on uh, complement that into the digital humanities so thank you so much uh, Gracie for being with us and thank you for all you do
2: yes thank you for having me and if anyone has any like wants to talk about the process with me you can always reach out to me um or uh via my email or my Twitter, if Twitter still exists uh, by the time that you need to reach out to me. Uh, but yeah, so feel, feel free to like keep this conversation going. I would love to, to hear about what other people are doing, so. It looks like the episode is over. Thank you to the Program
0: of Comparative Literature. Thank you to Gracie for accepting the invitation. I hope you join us next time in another episode of whatever we're calling this. Nos vemos.